the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, and it's meeting time. And today we're continuing the introduction of the first step of recovery, that we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, let's be totally honest. Who really wants to admit this defeat? Of course, no one does. It's awful to admit that we've warped our minds into such an obsession for our destructive addictions or emotionally fractured lifestyle. Only God's intervention can remove this from us, and we don't want to accept that. You see, our very sinful nature repels at the idea of powerlessness or concede to the fact that our lives are totally unmanageable. So what do we do? Well, if you're anything like I was, in our addictive thinking, we lie to ourselves. We tell ourselves, I can handle this. I can fix myself without the help of anyone, including God. I can control this so-called bad habit. So we grit our teeth and rely on our self-control and willpower. And the dictionary defines self-control as control of one's emotions, desires, or actions by one's own willpower. And the definition of willpower is the ability to carry out one's decisions, wishes, or plans, strength of mind through self-control. It sounds synonymous, but let's discover what the Bible and Christian recovery literature have to say about self-control and willpower. Self-control and willpower may be applicable to those living a somewhat normal lifestyle, but to those of us that are victims of this powerful mental obsession, so powerful that really there's no amount of human self-control or willpower that can defeat it. But there's a struggle going on inside us, a fight for control. And admitting that something or someone has beaten us and is more powerful than our own willpower stirs up our pride. So we keep acting out in this so-called bad habit, trying to prove that we can control it, and it thrusts us into this demonic, sinful disease called addiction. And as we've learned in previous meetings, the dictionary defines addiction as to give or award to another as a slave. And I often reference addiction as demonic because I've learned and I'm in agreement with the Apostle Paul as he forewarns us in Ephesians chapter 6, we're not fighting for control against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. Folks, he's talking about Satan and his demons. And our fight for control against this evil one is a losing battle. In fact, Satan will use our own willpower against us. He wants us to believe that we can break the chains of addiction on our own. But invariably, because the enemy is stronger than we are, we continue experiencing defeat 
and humiliation. No matter how hard we try, we always lose. We lose the battle, and eventually we lose ourselves. And in a short period of time, we become slaves to Satan's every demand. And as I've said many times, this battle with addiction, it starts in our mind. And if we don't admit our powerlessness, if we don't accept the fact that addiction is demonic, we will continue to plunder into the abyss of our mental illness. My friends, we're in a spiritual warfare, and it can only be won by the triune God, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that defeats Satan in this spiritual battle. And even the most powerful addictions are no match for the Holy Spirit. But we must relinquish all power to him. In Luke 4, we learn of the historical event of Jesus being led by the Spirit into the Judean wasteland. This is where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. And Jesus rebuked Satan by the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. And he resisted the temptations with the weapon of the sword of the Spirit. And that's the word of God. Jesus quoted and applied scripture to thwart off Satan's lies. And this same power of the Holy Spirit The power of applying Scripture to our lives is exactly how the obsession and compulsion of Satan's sinful disease of addiction is removed from our mind, body, and soul. Believers of Christ have immediate access to this power through God's Holy Spirit dwelling within them. These 12 steps, these 12 principles are interwoven all throughout Scripture. And we too can rebuke Satan by applying God's word into our lives and applying these 12 steps to recovery. And it starts with step one. When we admit that we're powerless over our addiction, when we admit that our lives are askew, when we ask Christ to be our savior, the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps resist any temptation that the world or Satan throws at us. So how do we tap into this power? How do we allow the Holy Spirit instead of Satan to have his way with us? And the answer is in the scripture that I ask you to reference, written by Paul in Galatians five sixteen through 23. Verse 16 instructs us, walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh means our sinful, self-absorbed, self-centered, self-willed lifestyle. And we accomplish this by remaining in communion with him by the teaching and application of God's word and by the mentoring from Christian men and women that we find in Bible teaching church or 12-step recovery meetings. Our minds are to be Come Christ-like rather than self-centered because it's the Holy Spirit's ministry to engage the believer with the Lord Jesus. And as we recover and heal, our minds become occupied with walking with Jesus instead of falling into the abyss under Satan's control. In these verses, we're reminded that the spirit and the flesh are in constant conflict. And our part in this conflict is to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that resists Satan's onslaught 
not ourselves. To me, folks, it seems like Paul is telling us to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and apply the first step into our inner being. That's what admitting powerlessness is step one is all about. I can't defeat Satan. God can, and I'm going to let him. And once again, to be led by the Holy Spirit means to be lifted above the flesh, lifted above our self-will, and have our evil thoughts change and have our minds and thoughts on Jesus. And in time, we no longer rely on our own self-will, but to the risen Christ that will save us from our sinful, addictive, fleshy lifestyle. In verses 19 through 23, Paul confirms that we reap what we sow. You see, when we follow the desires of our sinful nature, when we self-will it and refuse to surrender in this spiritual warfare, this is what happens. We produce adultery, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Idolatry in our addictive mental illness is worshiping the things that are destroying our lives. Sorcery, witchcraft, and that all relates to drugs. And then there's hatred, quarreling, jealousy, selfish desires, envy, drunkenness, and other sins like these. And folks, if that doesn't describe the sinful lifestyle of addiction, I don't know what does. But then Paul describes what we receive when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they're known as the fruits of the Spirit. In John fifteen five, Jesus proclaims, I am the vine, you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. You see, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of being Christ-like, and we receive the virtues of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To me, that sounds like recovery and healing. Now, I learned this. Unlike the dictionary linking self-control and willpower together, Christian recovery literature suggests that self-control is not synonymous with willpower. Self-control is one of the fruits. And a fruit develops as the tree grows and seasons pass. And as we continue to follow the Holy Spirit, taking one step at a time, our self-control will naturally grow. This is the opposite of gritting our teeth and doing it our way. All of these virtues will mature as we stay connected to God and obey Him in our daily life. It's the Holy Spirit that works this wonderful miracle during all the seasons of our life. And just as the branch derives its life and nourishment from the vine, when we admit our powerlessness, when we accept Christ in our lives, we derive the power from the true vine, Jesus Christ, and thus be able to live a fruitful life for God. Amen? Now, let me end with this. God works through people, and the rebel within us must now get off our thrones long enough to accept this need for help from God and from others. 
Our pride must give way to joining the we of recovery. You see, the first word of the first step is we. This is a we program. And what does that mean? The ultimate weapon for addiction is one addict helping another. Where do we find this help? In 12-step recovery meetings, much like this one. In the beginning of our season of recovery, we need support, encouragement, and mentoring. In our firsthand experience in all phases of illness and recovery is of unparalleled therapeutic value. These recovery meetings are all around you, and I pray you seek them out. Join us on this journey of transformation. Working these steps and attending meetings with like-minded people give us a daily reprieve from our self-imposed life sentence. We become free to find this new way of life. We have a saying, meeting makers make it. Why not join us and you too will make it? Amen. Next week, we'll be introducing the second step of recovery, that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I want you to reference John 11, verses 37 through 45. Talk to you then.